This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Happy Mother's Day, mothers. So grateful for each of you. And I was thinking about Mary. When you think about mothers, I was thinking about Mary. How was it for her to be the mother of Jesus? And I got a few thoughts here, if you can just use your imagination just a little bit. Because we don't know much about his upbringing. We know at 12 years old, they lost Jesus for a while. He was in the temple teaching. And then we hear about him again around age 30, and he starts his ministry. But think, just use your imagination for just a few moments. Think about this. This is Jesus speaking. Hey, Mom, I washed the dishes, I took out the trash, I cut the yard, cleaned my room, I cleaned the rest of the house, cleaned off the cabinets and the bathrooms. Do you want me to feed and water the animals too? Please, can I? Mom, she didn't respond very well to that. Okay. <laughs> hey, Jesus, get to the back of the boat. Get in the boat, Jesus. But, Mom, I won't walk. That's better. Y'all got to cheer me on some here, you know. Come on. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, wake up. What is it, Mom? Get up, get up. Your brother's got a fever. Will you come touch him? Just take care of it, Jesus. <laughs> Hello, is this Mary Carpenter? Yes. Mary, this is the lady down the street. You know, I'm the one that's been calling you. This is Louise. Jesus is at the cemetery playing again. He's raising the dead. You know? <laughs> So I want to look this morning a few moments about some of the strengths that women have and women of faith and um, really it's a celebration of moms but it's really of all women because God has done a great job and, and we need women and there, we need women of faith and I want you to look at these. Number one, a woman, women are influential influential. They have influence. I know, I don't know about you, but I can remember times with the kids, you're trying to get them to do something, and mama walk in and just, they start doing it. I don't know what the difference was. Moms have influence. We had a person that attacked one of our boys, and next thing I know, mama has influence. She's telling the neighbor about our son. My son runs in the house. As Rob runs in the house, says, Dad, Mom's down at the neighbor's house across the street. What? Well, he kind of knocked me off my bike and I take off because I know Mama Bear. Influence. The boy never did again. 
I wouldn't either if some wild woman came. <laughs> Women have influence. I've seen grown men. I'm the man. I'm the head of the family. I'm, I'm the man. Yeah, I need a night out with the guys. Yeah, we'll go do this. Oh, hang on. So why? Hello? Uh, yes, baby. Sure. Yeah, I'll be there in 10 minutes. What happened? <laughs> Influence. <laughs> Adam and Eve. That's a great picture of, of influence. You remember the tree of knowledge, good and evil? Notice that Satan came to Eve. Always thought that was interesting. Didn't go to Adam, came to Eve. I believe that he knew if he could convince Eve to eat of this fruit she would convince Adam. Because he knew if he gave it to Adam, he wouldn't share with Eve. Can we have a little fun in church? Okay. Just, just some thoughts, random thoughts. I don't know, guys, if you've experienced this, but you at your last bite of ice cream. Ellen goes, can I have a bite? No. <laughs> I will go get you some. Or the old fast food thing. Of course, I've experienced and learned past this now. The motto, you'll understand, it's always get more than enough. But at the fast food, you want anything? No, I'm not hungry. Okay, well, I'm hungry, and I, I get my order. Can I have some? No. I'm hungry. <laughs> Once you start catching on, you order more than you want. Because that food's going to smell, and she's going to get hungry. Okay, anyway. Eve was an influencer. I know that was a negative way, but I believe the women of Harvest, it's a positive impact. Amen? What about the woman who came to the unjust judge? You remember the story? She just kept on keeping on and kept on and keeping on. And finally, this judge goes, if I don't give this woman what she wants, this will never stop. Influence. Women are consistent. I mean, they will, they will tell you. I mean, Ellen, don't you think we should, don't you want to clean the garage? No. <laughs> no, I don't. It's not on my agenda, it's not on my list. Don't you please want to clean the garage? No, no, I really don't have time. And then something will crop up on the inside. You need to please the woman I gave you. You need to clean the garage. I, got, I rebuke that. <laughs> Influence. She carries weight with God. I mean, he wants her taken care of. And he says, uh, you take care of her. Okay. Matthew 20, verse um, 20. 
This is uh, talking about mama influence. And the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, uh, came to Jesus with her son. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request, he asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. And we're talking about mama influence. She's going to Jesus in behalf of her boys. Said, look, I have a request. One of them needs to be on the right, the other on the left. This is the way it needs to be, Jesus. I mean, moms will fight for their kids. They'll go to Jesus. What about the prayers of moms and grandmoms and spiritual moms? Those prayers that go to Jesus on behalf of their kids. I mean, moms will fight for their kids. Number two, women serve tirelessly and go beyond what is required. You know, it used to be it was just the the man that had a job and the the woman stayed in the home with the other job. (laughs) Just the man had an outside job. Let me rephrase that. The woman worked in the home. But now many times the woman has an outside job. The man has the outside job. And she still has the inside job. No applause, okay. That, that tells me we need to reorganize and get some balance there where someone's just not worn out. Genesis 24, verse 18 I want to look at Rebecca. She's a great example of this. Remember Abraham, he sent his oldest servant to go find a a wife for Isaac. Isaac was 40 years old at the time. And he packed uh, his camels. He took 10 camels and he takes off to go find a wife for Isaac. And the servant prayed and he said, Lord, let the one be that I ask for a drink. And she gives me a drink. And then she offers to water the camels. Let that be the one. And this is what happened. Genesis 24, verse 18. So she said, drink, my Lord. And she quickly lay her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. Then she quickly emptied her pitcher into the trough ran back to the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. This is always an amazing story to me, because when you read and study about camels, they could hold 30 to 40 gallons of water. So, at the minimum, she got 300 gallons of water and watered these camels. Everybody say, above and beyond. That's a servant there. Serving. And this was, had to be physically exhausting her to do this. But she served. And she gave water to those camels. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. A woman puts the needs of others first. All that come 
ministering out to them like a refreshing drink of water. Number three, women are courageous and risk all for their families. A woman being courageous sounds like something about a man. Now, women are courageous. And we find this in Esther chapter 4. Esther was uh, selected to be a wife of a king, and this king had a commander that hated Jews. And Mordecai asked her to speak to the king. But in order to do this, she had to be invited to speak to the king. In Esther chapter 4, verse 11, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death, except the one whom the king holds out, the golden scepter, that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish Yet who knows whether you've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Mom, you might be positioned to save your family. You might be positioned to save some lives. Esther has a, a decision to make to, be, to choose to be courageous in the face of even possible death. And this is what she says in verse 16. And this is what she told him to go tell Mordecai. Go and gather all the Jews who are present in Shuem and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or, or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Courageous, bold, going to the king in behalf of her family, even if it takes her life. She's willing to take the risk. She will lay down her life to save her kids, to save her family. A woman of faith. Courageous, bold. You know, I was joking about the mama bears. Actually, a scripture on that, about the cubs. You never, if you ever go hiking, you see a bear... Look for cubs. You want to make sure you're not in between mama bear and cubs. Most dangerous place on earth to be. <laughs> because that mama bear will become a courageous, bold, and claws will come out. <laughs> so you need to take off the, another way. Number four, women are loyal. And thought about Ruth. Remember her uh, mother-in-law, Naomi? Her husband died, and they had two sons, and both of them died. So Ruth's husband uh, passed away, and there was two, Naomi had two daughter-in-laws, and she told them, go back, go back to your family, you know, leave, but one chose not to, and that was Ruth. And Ruth is a picture of loyalty, loyalty to serve, loyalty to commitments and the relationships. 
in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will be, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. What a picture of loyalty and total commitment. Number five, women are leaders and get the job done. You say, leaders? Yes, leaders. Well, I'm the man. Uh, you talk, no, a woman can't lead. I can't receive from a, a woman. Wake up, buttercup. <laughs> Women are leaders. Women are leaders and strong, tremendous leaders. Thought about this picture, men in the pioneering days, they would blaze a trail and they just go, they make this wide path and making this trail. But here's the picture, the woman comes behind him and says, you need to move this, you need to trim this. You need to clean up this area. Move this. And she comes behind, and, and the man's going, hey, this looks good. It's because someone was behind putting everything in order, making you or making it look good. And the man goes, oh, this looks great. I, I didn't know I did all this. You didn't. <laughs> Your wife was busy. Making things look good. Bringing order. <laughs> Judges chapter 4. Great picture of leadership. Deborah. Judges 4 verse 4. Deborah, the wife of Lapidoth, was a prophet. Say a prophet. Who was judging Israel at that time. She would sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel and the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites would go to her for judgment. She is a prophet. She is a judge that Israel is coming to. And she's leading them. She's leading Israel. She's actually leading the nation. We're talking about a strong leader. And they, there comes a place where there's going to have to be war. And Judges 8, Barak, who is the commander of Israel's armies told her, I will go, but only if you go with me. Very well, she replied, I will go with you, but you will receive no reward in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh, and at Kadesh Barak called together the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 warriors went up with him, Deborah also went with him. She has said, look, you're going to war, and yes, I'll go with you. <laughs> How many times do you hear that? Hey, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to war, not unless you come with me, Deborah. <laughs> and she says that this thing is going to come down. The commander of the opposing army will be taken down by the hands of a woman. Don't tell me a woman can't lead. Don't tell me a woman can't teach and minister God's Word. Don't tell me 
that she has no voice in the church of God. It's a lie from the enemy. So what happens here? Well, let me just tell you, for sake of time, I'm going to tell you the rest of this. You, you can read it. But you, you read on a, a little bit more that they capture, they, they rout the army, and this Syria escapes, and he's running for his life. He's trying to get away. He, he's exhausted. He, he's tired. He, he's running for his life. And, and here's this woman. He comes to a place, and there's tents, and she says, Over here, come into my tent. Come into my tent. You can rest here. And she got him a drink and gave him a blanket and said, lay down here. Rest here. And he said, okay, uh, if there's anyone that comes to your door of the tent, just tell them, you know nothing about me. You know, I'm not here. She said, sure, sure, sure. And are you asleep? And She's checking on. Okay. She goes out. I read it. I mean, this thing is... <laughs> takes a tent peg. <laughs> she gets a hammer. He's asleep. You sleep there? Okay. Puts the tent peg to the temple of his head. Hammer. <laughs> he may woke up for a second. Oh, I got a headache. <laughs> pounds it through the temple, comes out the other side to into the ground. Don't mess with a woman. <laughs> and by the hands of a woman, that army was defeated because you had to take out the leader for this thing to be over. And the leader was taken out by this woman. And what Deborah said came to pass. Number six, women are in the know. If you want to know what's going on, just ask a woman. If you've made a plan and you want to know what the plan you just made with your wife is, ask the woman. If you want to know how her Facebook friends are going, ask her. She knows. But it's interesting to me. Or you say, when was that thing for the kids? I should tell you when. So it's on the calendar. Been there for three months. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, that calendar. But think about this. Jesus comes out of the grave. He's raised from the dead. And who does he decide to appear to first? Women, they're the first to receive the message that he's alive, that he was raised from the dead. Isn't that interesting? What value God gave to women right there. They were the first to see all the prophecies about the Messiah brought to pass as he was raised from the dead. It brought this great value. But also, I think that Jesus knew something else. He knew telephone, telegram, and telewoman. 
Because he wanted the message to get out. He wanted this thing spread. He wanted it to go. And he knew women would tell it. You couldn't stop it. This thing was going. Jesus is alive. He knew if he told a man, a man go, Oh, great. Love you. <laughs> but a woman, this thing is going out. She's going to tell it that he's alive. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I put this thought down. Guys, have you ever been to the store? She has told you two things to pick up. And what was the other thing? <laughs> Thank God for cell phones. If you bring it in, I have, yeah, come home without the other item. Why didn't you use the cell phone? I gave you the list over the cell phone. I left it in the car. Why didn't you go back to the car? I'm not going to take that kind of time. Go back to the car. It's, it's too late. <laughs> uh, okay. Number seven, women live and leave a legacy of faith. A legacy of faith. Luke chapter 1 verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the main servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What a woman of faith. I mean, think about this. She, she has to talk to her parents or her friends. You know, I'm pregnant. And it's not, Joe's not the father. Who's the father? God. What a woman, she believed, and she stood, and she birthed into the earth the Savior. What a mighty woman of faith. Thought about rehab, uh, Rahab, not rehab. <laughs> Forgive me, Rahab. I'll get rebuked by her in heaven on that one. She's not old rehab. <laughs> But here she is in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11 because she hid the spies that were scouting out the promised land and says she did it by faith. And she's listed in the hall of faith. 2 Timothy 1.5 When I call to remembrance, Paul's speaking here, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice I'm persuaded is in you too. Where would the church be if it wasn't for women praying and serving? And they were, have held the church together. Even when men would say, I'm staying home. I'm not going to be a part. Women have committed and served the church faithfully. About those prayers. Maybe prayers of them. Your mom brought you to Jesus. Maybe it was um, your dad and your mom. But those prayers make a difference. That faith makes a difference. Timothy was raised by a godly grandma. And a, a godly mom who pointed the way to Jesus. Proverbs 31 verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also and he praises her. Husbands, we got to call our wives blessed and praise her. Many daughters had done well, but you had sell them all. 
charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. We've got to, you've got to honor your mom. We've got to men honor our wives. We've got to give God glory for the gift of God in our lives. Because she is faithful, loyal, courageous. She's a servant. She has faith. She's a leader. She has influence. And we need to celebrate women and moms. And we need to give God glory. Let's bow our heads just a moment. You know, I want to speak for just a moment. If you don't have a good memory of your mom, you know, you need to be a forgiver. You need to release that. Forgive your mom. Maybe she didn't treat you the way she should have. But you need to release that. You need to forgive. God has forgiven you. He's called you to release those that have hurt you. We've all hurt God. We all needed forgiveness. We all needed His blood applied to our lives. I think there's just a couple people you need to release your mom. Say, God, one of them, she's not even here. She's already gone. On. Say, Lord, I forgive my mom. She wasn't the kind of mom she needed to be, but I release her and I forgive and I choose to walk in peace. Your children are watching and looking. And even if they disagree and they think you're just a religious nut, the Spirit of God will penetrate their heart and they will know that they are loved. They will know that mama's love is present in their life. And they will change course and go God's direction. They'll say, say if mama's life has been changed by God that much, And she loves me that much. I need her, God. I need to serve Him. I need to know Him. That's you this morning. And you need to release some things concerning your your mom. I just want you to lift your hand. No one looking around. Every head bowed. I want to pray for you from here. Anybody else? I see it. That's the two. Okay. Now, I've got the two. If there's any others, you can get in on this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now. This is a holy moment as we forgive our moms. 
we release them. They didn't do what they should have done. They didn't walk the way they should have walked. I was mistreated at times. There was, I was wrong, but I released that. I forgive. I choose to forgive. I choose to let it go. And I receive supernatural peace now. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me peace. Lord, God, hallelujah. Now, with no one looking around, if you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life, today you need to make a decision. Today is the day of salvation. You can choose Jesus. He's already chosen you. But to complete this deal, you have to choose Him. He died on the cross. He suffered in your place. He took the punishment of a holy, righteous judge, God the Father. He took it in our place. He's the great substitute. He's the lover of your soul. He's the lily of the valley. He's everything that's beautiful on this earth. He's altogether lovely and good. And He's calling you this morning to be a part of His family. To surrender your life to Him. And then true life begins. How do you do it? A simple prayer from your heart. When you mean it from your heart, you'll belong to Him. You'll be a part of the family of God. And you'll have eternal life. You'll live forever and ever and ever with Him. That's you. I want you to lift your hand. We're going to pray. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Everybody repeat this after me. Say, Father, thank you for Jesus. I receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. You took my sin, my shame, my guilt. You did it all for me. I accept you as the Lord of my life. And I'll live for you. And I'll serve you. Thank you for a new life. In Jesus name. And everyone said. Amen. Let's give God thanks. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest. Please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.